Holy smokes. Oh my goodness. Mike here of No Limits, the thriller podcast. I just finished episode one and I'm shaking. This was so good. Chris Pratt absolutely nailed it. Forget everything the Hollywood bozos and the mainstream media wants you to believe about his performance and the writing of the show. It is perfection. This is only my first reaction. I just needed to turn the TV off, come get in front of the microphone right after hitting stop. And so you're just getting some raw, unfiltered first thoughts on what went on here. But tune in in a few days. We'll be posting a full episode reviewing parts one and two of The Terminalist. We're even going to bring on a special guest, Chris Albanese of the Crew Reviews podcast and former Secret Service agent. So we're definitely going to get his take on this episode. So guys, we're going to have a full episode coming with tons more discussion, digging into the details. Hopefully sometime in the next 10 days, we'll cover all eight episodes. We'll have the whole series broken down for you right here on No Limits Thriller Podcast. I, I didn't want to compare the series to the book. I was going to go in very open-minded in understanding because Jack was extremely clear in a lot of his interviews that things have been changed with his approval and he, he thinks it's the right direction. 100%. 100%. Spot on. I, I didn't want to look at the show through the lens of the book, but doing so was extraordinarily enriching. It was the book. I... I've seen some early reviews and some people posting. They're kind of upset. It's not following the book. That can't be further from the truth. There is so much that does justice to the story, to the world, to the characters that is straight from the book. There were so many goodies. I was expecting even more departure from the book. And they didn't need to. It, it worked. And the slight tweaks were things that in no way distract you, in no way made me want to say, oh, that's different from the book. That would be extremely bogus. There's no, no reason to do that, at, at least for episode one. I'll see what happens moving forward. It's not a mindset I really want to carry along through the series. How does this compare to the book? But if we're judging by episode one, it is perfectly scripted casted and paced in its own right as a television series they nailed it or if you're doing a book adaptation and you still nail it there was so much respect given to the original text and i'm just so happy amazon prime amazon studios jack thank you for this story chris chris pratt constance Wu, antoine fuqua taylor kitsch everybody else you really nailed it with this. It came alive and it was super dark. It was so gritty. I, oh man. So the ending, I, I wasn't sure. And we said this earlier on the podcast, Chris and I, do we want to see the attack on the Reese house? We said, no, I honestly, I don't know 
if I could stand seeing the intruders coming to the door, getting Lauren and Lucy. In the book, they were hiding in a closet with a shotgun. Like, I don't know if I could have seen that. But man, the way you have Reese driving, coming home, leaving that voicemail, trying to reach out to them. Oh, and just to back up, he realized it was his gun. He was being framed. When he realized that, oh my goodness, long live the brotherhood. That was just what a touch. And speaking of departure from the books, the MRI scene and the way he fights the two guys, fantastic. Honestly, if you wanted a little extra hand-to-hand combat, because outside of the initial opening sequence, which by the way, oh my God, I got to touch on that. But outside of that, the, the MRI scene was probably more adapted that wasn't in the original text. Really well done. I mean, the one plot hole, it makes me wonder who is going to get the scans because we know in the book his brain scans show some really important data that becomes a main storyline. Well, it was that doctor at the MRI clinic who did the scans and it took a while and then there was that voicemail. But now it seems that's a crime scene. So who's going to get their hands on Reese's medical records knowing that's part of the crime scene? And, you know, some of the the main characters who who may be on the wrong side of things are the ones with that data. So interesting to see how they get out of that. But I love it. I'm glad that direction was taken. And then let's talk Constance Wu. If Chris Pratt played his role perfectly, I think Constance Wu was exceptional as Katie Baranek. There's zero, and I've said this before, zero reason anybody should say, well, that's not the right casting for the character in the book. No, you needed a competent, dedicated journalist who wanted to get at the truth, who would be willing to do whatever it takes to uncover the evidence and tell the story and publish it and put it to print, and you buy that from her. You also get that her and Reese could become allies in this. You know, I'm really hoping they don't shift too much there. If Reese does call her back or he emails her, I thought that was exciting when, when she shows up to the house and she's following him. Again, that stuff's not in the book, but it works so awesome here. It tells the narrative. It brings them together. And, and she pulls that role off. All we needed from Katie was a really dedicated journalist a kick-ass person at their job, and and that's who she is. She followed Reese home from the funeral. Like, man, that means she's willing to go all out, and that's the Katie we needed to see. The physical description, the backstory was with Reese, that was for the book, so we can understand the character deeper, but we need her here to play her role, and she did it perfectly. I'm kind of backing up here, so we're going from the end of the episode because I just turned it off. Kind of getting more towards the beginning, but I just want to jump jump ahead. That opening scene, again, did it have to be him losing his troop in Afghanistan? No. It's a different time period, the world right now. Did it have to be at this house in a residential complex that's rigged that his guys were told they had to go through the front door? No, didn't have to be that. But what had to happen is that you buy a very dedicated a very competent commander whose guys look up to him and trust him running the op and the team behind it. And you buy that hook, line, and sinker. 
from that meeting, you know, when Donnie wasn't feeling well, he comes in with the headache. You could tell Reese and Chris Pratt cared deeply about knowing where his man was at heading into the mission. Them having the dog, them having the local informant who was getting nervous. He was jumpy. He had the yips. But he's turned in good evidence and intel in the past. You could just see where it was all headed and it was just a great scene. And, and I'm, I'm glad we spent some time in that tunnel. We really, we were there a good solid probably 10 minutes of screen time. It felt maybe more. The extraction on the beach, really great scene. It did everything it needed to do. I'll be honest, I think that scene lives up to all the hype of the opening scene in The Terminalist. It it, it might even exceed it in, in how good it was, how gripping it was. What a great choice to go to Syria and the chemical weapons. And I love this. It seems Reese has really had his whole career and his whole SEAL team, I think they said Team 7, tracking this chemical engineer working uh, in in Syria for Iran. Great writing. Made it a much more modern storyline. Believable storyline. We didn't have to go back to Afghanistan just because that's what was in the book. Again, another great choice. Two other things I just want to get into. We talked about Katie Burnek. When we got those rapid name drops as Reese shows up to Boozer's house, and Captain Howard is there, he's trying to be buddy-buddy, supportive, I'll show you around. And then NCIS agent Josh Holder introduces himself. I'm like, Reese is standing in a room with Josh Holder and Captain Howard. I couldn't believe it. He knows these are the two guys at the crime scene, at Boozer's house, investigating it. And, and then Captain Howard was trying to stand up and be supportive. For Reese, uh, talking to Admiral Pills, when we got all those names, one after the other, I was like, they are doing justice to the book. Even though that's not exactly how Reese met these two guys and their exact roles from the book, it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Having the names and knowing they are part of the investigative team, oh, it was just perfect. And then, okay, something that easily could have deviated from the book and I would have been disappointed is how Reese knew his friend Boozer wouldn't have taken that route. And nothing in the world can convince him that that's how Boozer would have done it. Genius to keep that. It worked so well on TV. When he's telling Ben Edwards on the sailboat, Boozer wouldn't have done it, you know, with the Sig Sauer. He hated the Sig, the 9mm. He was always that 45 guy. He would have used his 1911. Hell, he wouldn't have done it, but if he did... Never with a SIG and never with his team pistol. I, I just love that conversation. So much respect done to the books. Great story writing. Oh, and not to mention the addition of the psychological stuff. Like, is Reese a reliable narrator? Was Boozer at the bar with him? Did they have the toast before Katie showed up? Did they fudge the paperwork saying... The, the timeline of Boozer's death, it was, it was a day earlier and he didn't fly on the transport plane, but he said smooth and steady. Or was it slow and smooth? Well, the quote from the book, you know, is slow is smooth and smooth is fast. I thought that one little line played, paid homage to that theme that is always present throughout all five novels. But was he really there? Did that happen? I feel like I do trust 
Reese's memory, even though he's questioning himself. And he even told the Admiral that he's willing to change his version of events, that he was questioning the timeline, but that there might have been some memory confusion. Oh, this is just insane. This was fantastic. Congrats to Jack. I know this is a big day, big week for you. Couldn't happen to anybody better. We love seeing you engage with the fans. All of your emojis. We got the prayer emoji. I haven't got one yet, but I've seen hundreds of people getting those from you. So really awesome that you're engaging. You're thanking the folks. You're shouting them out. So important to the thriller community. And these fans out here love what you're doing. And it's entertainment that we all need. So keep it coming. Antoine Fuqua, just, oh my goodness, perfect choices. Every decision. Some of the camera angles here were incredible. Really, really visceral. That that scene in the, in the tunnels just felt like you were there. Love everything that's going on, guys. If episodes two through eight are anything like episode one, we're in for a trip. Forget everything the Hollywood media elite, the mainstream media is saying about this. I love it. I keep them coming. I'll take the negative reviews because you know what? They are just fuel for the fire. It's so clear. Those negative reviews from some mainstream media outlets are proof. The proof is in the pudding that there's a narrative. They do not want stories like this told. They do not want to see how operators work. And let's break that because the fans love it. Can't wait to see the Rotten Tomatoes for this. The critic score versus the people score. Nothing's going to be more evident that this is art. This is a perfectly done series. The critics can go scratch. That's it. <laughs>